You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again to all of you, wherever you are in the world today. Thank you for joining me again. I have another adventure today on Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. And what I want to say again is the whole purpose of this show is to help you choose for yourself, to step free of everything, every person, every situation that would try to control you and tell you who you are. You get to choose that, and that's what this is about, and I am delighted to be here again. Been through some tough things lately, and I'll share some of that later as well. But I just wanted you to know that all of these notes about the hero's journey come from my latest manuscript that I hope to have on my website soon uh, for a download so you can read the whole story, not just the things I've shared in the last nine or ten shows about the hero's journey. But the book is called Liberating Your Most Beautiful Self. And as I said, the download should be there soon, but I have a new website. Uh, Another person I've uh, just found recently uh, is doing some new marketing skills and techniques and whatever. And the new website is up now, and it will be, it's not complete yet, but it will be soon. And there will be much more on this website than ever. The website is www.meetjimstacy.com. And I told the guy, now, while I don't like to promote myself, I do understand the reason for labeling and doing it this way, uh, promoting one's identity and who we are and then the products that we, we have to offer. So anyway, just all that for the, as let you know. Today and the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be finishing up on the hero's journey and leave that for the rest, the rest of all that journey for you to read if you choose to get the download at some point. The last parts of the hero's journey we're going to be talking today about the return, which is the third part, the departure or the leaving home, the leaving the ordinary behind, leaving behind what hasn't worked, leaving behind the smallness and the frustrations of a three-dimensional world. Then we step into the awakening or the initiation, where we have the experiences of learning something deeper, something eternal, something that's far beyond this temporary planet, and we get to understand that. Step into it, practice it, embody it, and then the return that we begin with today. And a very interesting thing happens on the way to returning, and that is the test that we must pass to validate the message of who we have become. Just remember this. There is no awakening ever to be found in religion itself. Religion was designed to put people to sleep, to keep them small and hidden, to keep them powerless. It clouds the mind. It muddles the soul with all the non-realities of beliefs and rituals and fear. Consciousness will never be found in any of the soul-binding pie-in-the-sky, I call them, illusions of religion. 
None at all. No human being, not one of us, can ever discover and experience the life-enhancing beauty of finding out who we are, of knowing that we are more beautiful than we've ever seen ourselves before. And that's, that's part of the quest, to know that we are far beyond the, the not-good-enough lies that we've been told. Wholeness is but a fading mirage in the desert of guilt and shame. But wholeness is our goal. Wholeness is what we are, the divine within. We are the divine in human form. We are not victims. We are not those who deserve to live in shame and blame. But all those energies so many times create the false illusions of who people think they are instead of who we truly are. So I just want to share all that again with you. Just remember, no one can tell you, you shall not. No one at all ever can share that with you or deceive you or tell you that you are not good enough. The whole purpose of the hero's journey is to know that we are more beautiful than we've ever known, far more beautiful. And that's what I want to share. I have experienced that. I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did I ever realize years ago what I would go through, what I would become, what I might be able to do or share? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> and yet today, after some very difficult experiences at, at many times and, and one recently, I still know that I will live my purpose. I will know more of that. I will share it with people. There's nothing excites me more than to help people choose their own path. When I can be an encouragement to people, when I can see them awaken, and when I get the feedback of, Jim, thank you for all that you shared. Thank you for what you've written. Thank you. It's made a difference for me in my life. And that's what Joseph Campbell did for me and his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Uh, he calls us to be bold enough to liberate ourselves from smallness. We must learn how to live in that energy, to leave home and to discover, explore, step into the adventure of learning more and becoming more. Death is defeated as the story of our own life is awakened. We live a story. You are creating that story today. What was your last chapter? What will your next chapter be? You are writing your own story, and my friends, no one can ever write that story for you unless you let them. I challenge you to step free. I challenge you to depart from that, to leave that, and go on an, the, the adventure that you choose, whatever that may be, and you can know it. You can reclaim anything that may have been lost. I've been a fan of Joseph Campbell's now for many years. And what I discovered, I was so excited one day, just, just a few months ago, before I started writing this last book about liberating our most beautiful self, that what Joseph Campbell said, in essence, really lines up beautifully with what Yeshua taught in and through the Aramaic language. Because Yeshua taught that we are not small. He said the kingdom of heaven is within us. And yet, the religion that I came from, 
who tried to thought they honored Jesus, but they never knew about Yeshua, never ever taught about the kingdom of heaven within, what that is, how to know it, how to realize it, how to experience it. And I've written about all that. And on this website, uh, the one I have had, plus the meetjimstacy.com coming out now, you'll find 10 books right there on the first page that take you deeper into all the things that I've shared. They're all smaller books. They're for a very inexpensive downloads. And you can write to me anytime at a Gmail that we mentioned later in the show. And please let me know what you think, your questions, your thoughts. I really want to hear from you. So just know this, that the greatest adventures for you and your life lie just ahead of you on this, what I call the spiritual road less traveled. I love Robert Frost and his book, or his poem rather, The Road Less Traveled. It's been something I chose many years ago. It resonated with my soul. And I have chosen that perhaps as one of the themes of my life. Yes, I chose the road less traveled and I have never regretted, and I would never thought that I should not have taken this road. Am I lost? No. I thought I was a few times, <laughs> but the road less traveled is the story of the hero, and we can become all that we choose to be. So, the story of the hero, as Campbell writes, reveals that the hero is the one who moves beyond dissatisfaction, moves towards initiation, moves towards that awakening, moves towards more, never being satisfied with what has been, never being satisfied with what they've been told, but choosing more. The adventures, my friends, are vast and many, and we can choose every one of them. Sometimes we're tempted to turn back Yes, and some people do, I understand. I've been tempted to turn back a few times. But you know, once you be we begin to awaken, I've discovered that there's no turning back. We may consider it, we may think about it, we may wonder what that might be like, but wow, when we really look at it and what we have already become aware of, we say, wait a minute, there's no way I can go back to being unconscious. There's no way I can go back to being less than I have discovered. There's no way that I can let go of what I've discovered about my own beautiful self, my own purpose in life. There's no way that I can go back. And so I turn and I face the future. I face the unknown and I say, I will. Because every day is unknown. Every next minute and every next hour, every next day week, month, or year, really is unknown. Do we have the courage to step into the unknown with our heads held high and say, bring it on. I want to grow. I want to know. I want to be. I want to become. So leaving home and awakening and learning about the work of transforming our own shadow, which we've talked about, the old patterns of the ego. And after I've learned to slay those dragons, as Joseph Campbell writes about, I can return. I can slay the dragons of the shadow and who I used to be or the fears that have faced me. Because every time I slay a dragon, I find it's an old part of an old story that I don't need any longer. And so then I get the chance to return. 
And so the return is awaiting those who affirm life as fully as possible, especially affirming the unknown, especially that, to the one who is awakening, to know the full spectrum of being alive, not just what the meaning of life might be, but to know the reality of being fully alive. My friends, that is the adventure. There's more to life than going to work and making a paycheck, hopefully, and paying some bills and driving a car and watching this or watching that or whatever. There's much more to life than that, far more to life than that. The awakening one knows that he or she doesn't know enough yet, and the adventure continues. It takes us into all that we want to be, yet it takes us beyond what we thought we might be. Our dream of becoming more is the common experience of humans everywhere. It's the constant story of seeking that more amidst the ever-changing landscape of the human journey. I'll be right back after this break. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So let's go back to beginning to look at the return a little bit closer up. By the time the hero understands what his or her awakening is all about or has been all about, an eagerness to return is steadily increasing. What the hero knows, and that hero, remember, it's you, my friends, that what the hero knows is that all the initiation experiences 
and the new awareness that has been gained are not just for his or her own benefit. How could that be? What we learn is always for ourselves first, to not just stuff it in our head, but to embody it and live it and walk our talk. And then we get to share that with others. There's always more, much more. Stepping into consciousness holds now for us a vast and beautiful awareness of the continuing adventures just ahead. An Eastern scholar, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this, but I'll try. It's Ashtavakra Gita, I believe, said this, quote, liberation is to know yourself as awareness alone, end of quote. I'll be doing some shows coming up in the future about transcendent awareness and living above the chaos of this world. There's a lot of notes I have already, and I don't know how many shows it'll be yet, but <laughs> we'll figure that out later. Another quote from Joseph Campbell said this, and I quote, When the hero quest has been accomplished through penetration to the source, and the source is the divine itself, all or through, he says, the grace of some male or female, human or animal, personification or whatever, the adventurer still must return with his life-transmuting trophy. And the trophy is ourselves and what we've learned. He continues, The full round, the norm of the monomyth, requires that the hero shall now begin the labor of bringing the runes of wisdom, the golden fleece, or his sleeping princess, back into the kingdom of humanity, where the boon may redound to the renewing of community, the nation, the planet, or 10,000 worlds. End of quote. I love that picture because, my friends, we've come here. Yes, we have. We've been here before. I'm absolutely convinced of that. And some of us have returned again and again. Some of us will not have to. Some will choose to, whatever. But what we learn is to be shared, to enlarge, as he said, community, the nation, the planet, or 10,000 other worlds. We have come from those other worlds. I know that. And I had some very specific experiences in my life to shared with me and told me some of those truths. But you know, I found something the other day, I uh, just saw it on the internet as it was passing by, and it was entitled, Here is Your Assignment. Talking about coming back to the planet or being here or whatever, there's 10 points here, and I want to share them with you. I don't know the author. It says here, author unknown. It says, number one, you will receive a body. And my friends always know that we were in spirit form before we came here to dwell in a physical body for a short period of time. You, you will receive a body, this person said. You may like it or not but it will be yours for the entire period of this temporary time. Number two, you will learn lessons. You are enrolled in a full-time informal school called life. Each day is the school you will have, and in each day, rather, you have the opportunity to learn lessons. You may like the lessons, or you might think them irrelevant, or maybe even stupid. Number three, there are no mistakes, only lessons. Growth is a process of trial and error and experimentation. The failed experiments are as much a part of the process 
and the experiment that ultimately brings us to the place of knowing ourselves deeper. Number four, a lesson is repeated until it is learned. Oh boy, do I know that one. <laughs> a lesson will be presented to us in various forms until we've learned it, and then we can go on to the next one. Number five, learning lessons never ends. There's no part of life that does not contain its lessons. If you are alive, there are lessons to be learned. Number six, there, in quotes, is no better than here. When your there has become here, you will simply obtain another there that will again look better than here. Now, I understand that one too. I'm sure you do as well. Number seven, others are merely mirrors for you, the mirrors of you. You cannot love or hate something about another person unless it reflects to you something you love or hate about yourself. And I've had some past shows about that and uh, looking at the human shadow and other issues. But that's very, very true. Number eight, what you make of your life is up to you. You have all the tools and the resources you need. What you do with them is up to you and the choice is always yours. Number nine, the answers lie inside of you. The answers to life's questions are inside of you. All you need to do is look, to listen, to trust, to ask, and begin to understand how those answers line up, what they are, and how to hear them clearly. Number 10, whether you think you can or can't, in either case, you'll be right. <laughs> I like that too. So, that assignment, and again, whoever wrote that, I don't know, but it's some good immaterial for us to think about. So the return, the hero has faced all these things we just talked about, lessons have been learned with more ahead, but the hero is now ready to return with a message, what we have learned, what we now embody, an enlightenment, something that we know more about now than ever, something beautiful, something powerful that will help other people know what we've learned as well that will help other people know their most beautiful self. We can learn that. That's why we're here. And it is certain that the hero will face more challenges, more struggles, and more pain as he or she understands and claims the mission of sharing what has been gained within these experiences. How to share all that with those around are still who are still stuck in the illusions, shall we say, of money, possessions, sports, religion, and all that is temporary in the abyss of the material world. How to do that is the question. I just had a conversation the other day with a, a local minister, and I thought, oh, I need, need to ask him a few questions. And as I did, I could see the look of dismay coming over his face. He didn't have a clue as to some of the things that I, the questions I was asking, things that are should be known by any minister. But about Yeshua, or he called him Jesus. But anyway, this man didn't know. And so as he become more nervous and more upset and whatever, I just decided to leave that and not make it any worse. But people need to awaken. It's not my job to make them embarrassed or to make them feel bad, but to awaken myself and share where I can. But the hero has awakened to the divine within, 
Joseph Campbell is very clear about that. All about all the Star Wars movies, as I've said, are based on Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces. To we awaken to the divine within and a deep connection with what is eternal and a deep experience of peace that we've never before realized. Why would he or she, the hero, return from the sheer bliss that Joseph Campbell calls it of personal experiences with the eternal? Why would the return be something we want to do? But the hero has learned something so empowering that he cannot refuse to return and endure the newly felt discomforts all around that were before unseen or unknown in his or her previous state of consciousness. And my friends, it's true. The more we awaken, the more uncomfortable we'll become by in just living here in the unconsciousness of this three-dimensional world and the society that is so much asleep. The hero has found that at the bottom of the abyss there comes the voice of salvation, Campbell's words. The truth is that when the hero faces and embraces all that's awaiting him or her, that dreaded bottom of the abyss is in that experience that his or her greatest light is turned on, or should I say finally uncovered. The light has always been there. The light has always been shining, just covered over by things we have believed that aren't true. There's nothing less than divine light within every one of us. That is our essence, or we would never have been given birth and come here in human form. Cosmic consciousness, according to what Yeshua, Yogananda, Rumi, Joseph Campbell, Buddha, Carl Jung, and so many more have been trying to tell us for many centuries now, is nothing less than the deepest experience of the Christ consciousness, the cosmic consciousness, in the depths of our humanity, where, as Yeshua said, the kingdom of heaven has always been. Christ was not Jesus. He was one of them, but there were many others, and history teaches us that. But a Christ consciousness means we are now conscious of our divine nature deep within our own self. We experience the divine within. That book is on my website, right on the first page. The Christ was not his last name. <laughs> he was Jesus the Christ, one of them, a conscious one or a cosmically conscious one. He was a very enlightened human being. His favorite name for himself was not Son of God. That was a theological lie. His favorite name was the Son of Man, human. He was a human being, greatly enlightened vastly understanding the beauty of the divine within, and that's why he came to teach. His own words were, I have come to bear witness to the truth. Much of the truth that he shared comes out of ancient Egyptian proverbs. And there are many, if you want to Google that, ancient Egyptian proverbs, you'll find some exact quotes that Yeshua used in his teaching experience. And we know he studied in Tibet. We have proof of that, too. Nicholas Nodovich, uh, back in the late 19th century, went to Tibet, Lhasa, Tibet, and there found historical proof that Yeshua, or Issa, studied there, too, in those mystical years of uh, the time that he was missing from age 12 to 30. He studied all around the planet, all across the, the empire, where the Aramaic language is spoken as the secondary language of the Persian Empire, he traveled from Egypt to the borders of China and everywhere in between. 
which we'll travel too. We will experience much adventure. The difference between the average human and the one who knows the divine within is seen in an image where one person is standing on a whale fishing for minnows and the other one is swimming with the whale in ecstatic delight. That's all for this section. I'll be right back after a break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. And so we were talking about consciousness. And in this next segment, I want to share more about that a little bit further on the path to return. And I want to talk more about the test, the test that we have to face. And as I shared with you a few weeks ago, I found myself going through a test that I had no clue that I would have to go through. But I did it. And I know deep inside myself, I passed the test with great loss, but I passed the test. But what is this cosmic consciousness? According to Yeshua, Yogananda, Rumi, Joseph Campbell, Buddha, Carl Jung, and so many more, and all that they've been telling us, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, this divine consciousness is about something bigger, something much more, something far more beautiful than we have ever known. One is aware of what they are standing on I talked about the whale a few minutes ago, while seeking only tiny bits of information. But the one who's swimming with that whale doesn't need to know about fishing, for they already are one. One is the image of a believer who's not yet experienced the mystic, what the mystic knows as a continual experience of divine connection. There is no angry God up in the sky. None whatsoever. That's a lie formulated by the church 
to control people. The divine is far more beautiful, far more mystical, far more beyond anything we can even know while we're in this temporary body. But we'll know it as soon as we pass again back to the realms from which we have come. And so we are here to learn. We're here to grow. We can choose to keep searching in smallness, or we can take the mask off of that dragon that threatens us, and we can learn to be truly free to live out our own life purpose. Consciousness has its own cost. Yes, it does. How long the hero will yet be on the planet before returning to eternal bliss after what we call death is the question that is not easy to think about at times. How can we know that? Yet in the state of consciousness, the hero knows now of the deeper purpose for his or her life, the life that is now, the life that is being experienced here between the worlds. And this is why choice, with the, our, your choice, my choice, was made to come to earth once again, to learn far more than we learned the last time. The topsy-turvy world of illusions has become far more frustrating than ever before for the hero who leaves. The dance in unconsciousness continues on this planet right now. We see it every day. We see it, the dance of unconsciousness in the political world, if we see it anywhere at all. We see it in the billionaires who can't ever get enough money. And they don't care how many people they hurt. They don't care how many people die or are wounded as long as they get another billion. Well, sorry, Charlie Brown, but all of you billionaires out there, you will awaken or you will return. You will learn or you'll come back. Maybe next time you'll come back as one of those people that you hurt and wounded. But I promise you, every one of us will learn. We will all grow until we become all that we can be. So this dance in unconsciousness, we see it around us all the time. The ultimate fulfillment is at hand for the hero who decides to go on the adventure. As a Campbell said again, I quote, whether rescued from without or driven from within, or maybe gently carried along by guiding divinities, he has yet to re-enter with his boon the long-forgotten atmosphere where men who are fractions uh, can't quite understand. Maybe I misunderstood that. Uh, only fractions of the whole imagine themselves to be complete. Sorry about that. He went on to say, he has yet to confront society with his ego-shattering, life-redeeming elixir and take the return blow of reasonable queries, hard resentment, the good people at a loss to comprehend. But we are all in the process of waking up. The realm of divine connection and the realization and the world of unconscious humanity all have something in common. That the hero is about to realize more than ever as he or she returns. Without his or her departure and initiation, an understanding of that commonality would never have been experienced. What possibly could the realm of the divine connection and that of human unconsciousness have in common? And that is the mystery, but it is a mystery that we will solve. The returning hero now sees both the sheer delight and the sheer fright of completing the adventure 
upon which he or she has embarked at departure. For the hero that has departed, the hero that is returning, for both of them, the questions are similar. How can I do this? Why am I doing this? Will I survive? And yet, my friends, to embody wisdom from the depths of the mystic realms of awakening, the hero has yet to figure out how to communicate what he or she has learned and communicate with those who've yet to hear the call for their own departure. And there are many people, most people it would seem, in the, our society today that is, have not yet heard the call to depart and awaken. And that, my friends, is a tragedy, and yet it's a reality. But we who have heard the call, we know that there's a message that we have, will have, return with, a message that must be validated by passing a test that we will go through. But, as Campbell says, the, quote, the hero go, soul goes boldly in and discovers the hags converted into goddesses and the dragons into watchdogs of the gods. Back home again, one of the first questions the hero asks is, were my experiences of divine connection and fulfillment real? The hero will realize that they were not only real, but he and she has been transformed by the wisdom found in the dark. And the task is to bring forth that light, a light to the world, the world that still exists in unconsciousness of three-dimensional material things. Again, a quote from Campbell. Quote, the first problem of the returning hero is to accept as real, after an experience of soul-satisfying vision of fulfillment, the passing joys and sorrows, the banalities and the noisy obscenities of life. That we go on then to understand that the old weapons that we thought we knew or the old weapons that we used to fight other people, try to gain an advantage or whatever that was, the old ones, the old weapons, you know, maybe rebuke, uh, anger, uh, judgments, condemnation, uh, put-downs, guilt, and shame. We used all those as weapons, but there are new ones new ways, new weapons, shall we say, that can be used. How about love as a weapon? Has anyone ever thought about that? How about compassion as a weapon? Instead of fighting others or misunderstanding or pushing them aside, maybe if we express compassion as a weapon, let's call them tools, compassion as a tool to step in and to understand someone else. This we can always know. What about the new tool uh, of healing? If we can help bring healing to other people's lives, that is indeed a powerful weapon. How about the idea of inclusion? Where before we might have pushed people away, uh, made separation a reality instead of being together. Inclusion is a powerful tool, a powerful weapon of uniting and bringing people together in community, a community where we are take responsibility for each other, where no one has a need, but where we all step in to fulfill that need and help that person. The old ones, no, let them go. The new one, light from within, 
And right here, the hero's greatest challenge is found upon returning, how to live amongst the old energies while living as an expression of the new. The hero must survive the reintegration, develop his or her own light within, endure the uncertainties of aloneness while refusing to go back to sleep. The sobering effects dealing with disillusionment are not easy to figure out at times. It is the awakening that the hero understands his or her task. To return with a message, the hero must embody the truth of the journey he or she has been on if we are to be effective and to bring a change in this world, which is a very dark place at times. That task is the sign of the hero's requirement not to knit together his two worlds, as Campbell said. It's our choice. It's our new way of being. The religion of Christianity has become nothing but chains of victimization. And right now I'm writing a new book. It'll be, uh, who knows when it'll be out, but I'm going to be writing about overcoming the victim, overcoming all those negative things that in this society and in life that makes us or wants to turn us into victims. But those old energies have no strength to stand before the one who chooses to know and to be. The problem for most religions is that they, if they ever return to, to what Yeshua taught, they would cease to exist because they would have to return to something far different than what they are. The divine within is now the reality of the hero, a realization of the inevitable task at hand. All self-righteousness must be transformed. Ignorance must be overcome. The masses must awaken, or the cost of staying asleep in the illusions of the physical world will be paid. And sometimes those costs mean we go to sleep, we stay asleep, we refuse to wake up. We think all is well until we pass from this planet. And we realize, no, there's no judgment, no punishment, but we do get to return and try once again to awaken. Every person, as Campbell said, casts off the worn-out clothes and puts on others that are new. So the embodied self casts off worn-out bodies and enters into others that are new. Weapons cut it not, fire burns it not, water wets it not, the wind does not wither it, Campbell says. This self cannot be cut or burned or, or withered. It is eternal, all-pervading, unchanging, immovable. The self, the divine self, is the same forever. And you know, on my own journey, I have much, much yet to learn. To live without being attached to any part of the past or present, to live in the sheer delight of the present instead of separation, to continue to let go of all that used to be, to be a messenger, requires that I must embody and practice what I know. I choose to walk my talk, and that isn't always easy at all. In the last few months, I've been through an experience that I'll never forget, and I'll share that with you in the last segment. I'll be right back. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. 
Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So, life is interesting indeed. Years ago, had you told me I would be experiencing the adventures, the trials, the tests, and all the experiences that I so far have experienced, I would have said, you got to be nuts. I'm not doing it. No way. But, you know, the divine is always patient and loving and takes us only to what we can face, takes us through only what we're able to, sometimes with great difficulty, but but we're able to get through it. We are never put into more then we have the capacity to come through and to learn. We need to do without attachments the work that is before us, surrendering all action, all of our choices, to becoming our most beautiful self, freeing ourselves from selfishness and from all past weapons that are no longer useful. To overcome my ego is tantamount. I can only speak effectually when I've embodied what I'm practicing, not what I think or believe without living that truth. This must happen before, to me before I can be effective in calling others to awaken. <clears throat> and so, in all of my times of leaving home, awakening and returning, and those happen different times and different patterns for us, there's always more to learn. That reality is both powerfully motivating and deeply challenging at times. It was looking like an ordinary day, that day just a few months ago. Ordinary, that is, until I saw the storm clouds on the horizon. No, not literal ones, but storm clouds of an impending storm of internal epic proportions. The phone rang. The storm hit as I heard the words, Hi, my love. Well, I have some not-so-good news. I've been diagnosed with cancer, and, <clears throat> and it's not good. Did I just step into the twilight zone of hearing 
and desperately not wanting to hear both at the same time? How could this be? I was reduced to an ash heap of painful tears. My thoughts, my feelings ran the gamut of hoping she would live at the same time seeing the experience of taking back the diamond I'd given her just nine months earlier if she were to die. On the phone with her, I was strong and brave, even while knowing the inner dam could burst any second. This diagnosis wasn't as yet complete, nor would it be for a few weeks to come, the longest few weeks of my life, it felt. After all I'd been through in my life, why this? Why now? Why? And yet I knew, deep inside, I was being prepared for this. I knew it was my test on my return. I knew through several situations that ahead of time I was, and, and the divine always does this, shows us things ahead of time. And I knew there was coming something that I needed, to, something unknown that I needed to step into all alone and pass the test. Well, this was an epic uh, struggle. The typical cycle of denial, bargaining, anger, and acceptance was not to be my experience. Not this time. I knew too much to be stuck there. I've written so many times the human quest to know, the wandering as we wander our path of learning more. I wondered as I wandered, accompanied by many tears, by another deep internal reality, the eternal truth I'd experienced many times in my awakening adventures. Facing the vast uncertainty of life and death, I prepared to leave home to go be with her. She lived about 2,000 miles away. Planning with tears, packing with tears, and flying to be with her could happen not fast enough for me. The eternal reality had not yet come back into my present experience quite yet. The moments of holding her in my arms again were filled with relief, some desperation, some anxiety, more tears, and the urgency of getting more information and get her treatment underway. But through the next days, I managed to keep my composure. And at least while I was with her in her presence, I committed to be there in every way possible, physically, emotionally, spiritually, while undertaking the vast amounts of doctor's visits, hearing their diagnosis and their prognosis, driving her, supporting her, holding her, and making sure every possible need was met. I was determined to serve her as fully as possible. Would these be the last weeks and months I'd have her in my life? That and many other questions passed through my soul over and over. Then one night, I was awakened about 4 a.m. This had happened to me many times in the past, so I knew what this meant. 4 a.m. seems to be the time when I'm awakened for some reason. My response usually is, okay, what do you want me to know now? <laughs> My spirit guides or angels or whatever the extraterrestrial friends or whoever they may be <laughs> always have a message for me when this happens. My job is to ask and to listen. I choose to be in a meditative state of awareness each time, and I know that something important will be revealed. This time, I remembered from past experiences that there was a gift in every experience of pain and suffering or uncertainty. I've experienced this many times as I know what that gift is in that moment. 
I've written much about this and spoken of it on this radio show, and there are archive shows about all of that. To I write and I speak to encourage other people. It was once again my turn. I was determined to know what the gift would be and what my experience would be this time. If she died, how would that affect me? How could I go on? After all, I've been living alone 19 years and waiting for real love to show up. She was that love. How could I go on without her? I cried. Could I survive? Would I want to? Would I be alone again for how long? And could I endure that? I told the divine many times in the past that I don't want to live alone, but if that needed to be so I could fulfill my destiny here on the planet, I would try to do it. I didn't want to lose her, yet my response was always one of both determination and more tears. Yet today, as I talk with you on the radio, I've written 11 books, 12 books, or whatever. I've had a lot of success, and yet, as I experienced these past few months, I lost her. She did not survive the cancer. I worked through all this. I knew that somehow I'd be taken care of. Somehow I must go on. Somehow I will go on. I will not allow anything to keep me from my reason for being here on the planet. I choose to be unstoppable. And that uncertainty stared me in the face. And the eternal truth returned to me again and again that I will know the gift in this time. I will know the gift in this loss, and I will continue. But how do I know that for sure? Well, actually I don't, and yet I will. My choice is to move forward in full support of you and every human being that I can write to help and to support, that I can speak here and other places to support and share. Tomorrow will come, and I will take the next step. I can only hope in the past that she would be by my side, but now I know she won't. But yet nothing will deter me from my purpose for coming to the planet, to planet Earth at this time. Yes, I lost her. And the truth is, in two days, I'm moving. Been in Michigan for many years. I'm moving to Arizona. And by this weekend, I'll be there. And what I'm going to be doing there, at a very special place, not too far from Oracle, I'm going to be leading Aramaic Adventure Weekends, Vision Quest. And I will be sharing all the truths of my own adventure and encouraging people that come there to take the hero's adventure for themselves. Yes, I'll be there soon, and I hope to see all of you someday at an Aramaic Adventure Weekend. Let's share the hero's journey together. I will survive. I will make it. And I will be all that I've come here to be. Thank you for being with me. I'll catch up with you again next week. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.